Welcome to Pod for Teacher. I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. I'm Nate Langelli. And I'm Kristen Milanovic. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, How are Bill. you? Like, I'm back. It's my second second month. I'm pretty excited. So we didn't scare her away. No. Um, it's warm in here. Uh-huh. What? What is this? What, what is this? Uh, so um, I had a very fleece jacket on, very warm fleece jacket, and I just revealed oh the goodness. first pod for teacher merchandise oh my gosh right. this is a moment that's wow. truly lost on an audio format <laughs> it certainly is right it is a it is a heathered green shirt oh, right with like a, a lovely board. design pod yes. for teacher thank you mr fitzpatrick and um i left yours right outside oh, so you have awesome. your first official merchandise right so pretty exciting maybe we'll have to take a we'll have to take a pod picture and put it on the twitter's the, the Twitters? The Twitters. I like it. it I like it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be great. <laughs> wow. I think it'll be great. Do you like it? Is that it everything fantastic. you hoped and dreamed? I don't, I don't think anything we talk about on this episode could top the t-shirts. We may as well just stop right now. I, I completely <laughs> agree. I mean, it's it. fantastic. And, and I had a team. This was like, they uh, they put it together and they finished them up today. So shout out to wow. them. And wow. every Kudos, team has guys. a name, and of course, their name is es- escaping me at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it was a trio of Aaliyah, Zoe, and Tabby, and right. they wow. put it together. And did, did they it. ask you what the heck is this thing? <laughs> no, I. But I was like, listen, I'm gonna wear it, so this is perfect that we're ready to go today, and I'm gonna surprise them. And so, um, they made the invoice for us, right? So we'll wow. have to pay for them eventually, and. Um, <laughs> But it was funny because they were like, well, we'll just drop it off to Mr. Langelli. And I was like, no, no, no. Oh, no. No one's stealing this thunder. So, so Fitz, is she already better than Brad? Like, is I said, this, oh. Is this, I don't know, a t-shirt with pod? My mic's not working. <laughs> I digress. I digress. But we you. have merchandise and I may have made an extra for Brad. So we're going to put together a little care package and let's, send it. This could be, this will be also be a little test. Like, like let's, let's wait, and, let's wait and send it and see like the, if he texts us and says he can't wait for this shirt, we know he's going to listen. So. <laughs> he's definitely listening. All right. I digress. Yeah. I digress. Well, that's a great diversion. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <clears throat> now let, let's set the scene, shall we? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you will, that you're just meandering down a hall, you know, at a school or in a classroom. And then all of a sudden, a puff of smoke appears just as if out of nowhere. Well, I'm told that happens from time to time. I'm not sure if any of you have been, been around. And the main cause of those puffy clouds in schools today is vaping. It seems vaping has become such a big part of teenage society in our country today. And I'm just curious right off the bat, your initial thoughts on the topic that we are addressing today. So our essential question for this topic is, what's the best way to handle this growing issue in schools? Does punishment work or should treatment be the main focus? Our answers to those questions and a look at the research, plus our conversation on the topic with Mr. Steve Mott our assistant principal, right here after this word from Brownsville Station. Before delving into our opinions, here's a little bit of research concerning vaping in the U.S. And I just got to say, this is nothing related to vaping, but 
we were talking a little earlier, this chair is really uncomfortable on my backside. What if we get some new stuff? We, we got new shirts. I think we're moving up in the world. Thank you, K-Mills. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. new chairs, or at least maybe old, more comfortable chairs, are the next step, you know, in our trajectory to stardom. Chris and I were actually, we were just, we were talking before the show, and we're like, maybe if we put Nate in a comfortable chair, he'll, he'll cut down on his... Uh, his, his ramblings. My, my yeah, I was like, I gotta go, so how can we make him... No. I, nothing stops me. We need me. some What's acoustic that? panels. Mm -hmm. no. 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 Okay. Never mind. Anyway, back to the research. Okay. Yeah. Research. So according to the CDC, current, meaning the past 30-day, use of e-cigarettes went up among middle and high school students from 2011 to 2018. Nearly one of every 20 middle school students, that's roughly close to 5%, reported in 2018 that they used electronic cigarettes in the past 30 days. That's an increase from 0.6% in 2011. And nearly one in every, of every five high school students, 20, excuse me, 20.8%, reported in 2018 that they used electronic cigarettes in the past 30 days, and that's an increase from 1.5% in 2011. So that's a huge jump from 1.5% seven years later to 20.8%. And then in October 3rd of 2019, a report put out by USA Today said that the number of vaping-related lung injury cases has jumped to 1,080 and deaths to 18, but the specific causes of the illnesses are still not uh, clear, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported. And I also saw a more recent study by, put out by the Washington Post saying that those numbers are now at 1,299 cases and up to 28 deaths being related to e-cigarettes. The USA Today report also went on to say, while we can't discount the potential role of lipids, we have not seen anything to suggest that this is a problem caused by lipid accumulation in the lungs, said Brandon Larson, a surgical pathologist at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona, and the senior author of the study, in a statement. Instead, he said, it seems to be some kind of direct chemical injury, similar to what one might see with exposures to toxic chemical fumes, poisonous gases, and toxic agents. So bringing this a little bit closer to home, this past September, a student at a local high school in this county um, stated that she had been vaping for 18 months. Uh, students want to fit in and you want to be cool. And that was her reasoning for why she ever started to vape. She began having stomach pains and really bad headaches. This was accompanied by vomiting and dizziness. She was life-flighted and admitted to Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Luckily, the doctors at Children's Hospital have become familiar with symptoms associated with vaping, mostly in the past several months. Her lungs were actually bleeding. So the teen now wears a nicotine patch and said that she's going through outpatient respiratory therapy for some time. Right off the bat, it makes me think that wow. I'm guessing that people just don't really necessarily think that there's a lot of harm to it. Might be part of the reason. Could be like... It is fairly new, so we don't have a lot of research on it. So right. it is a newer marketing thing. It's, it seems to be a cooler aspect. I've never been a cool person myself, um, but I can that, that can be a driving factor for people. So I think just not realizing the full ramifications, which we still won't know probably for a few more years, I think that plays a big role in it. Right. And obviously she didn't think that, I mean, the article that was on the uh, news website, she didn't think that her lungs would suffer this kind of damage. Mm -hmm. More importantly, she didn't think her lungs would suffer any damage and didn't really see that vaping could be associated with anything. But obviously, as the numbers you stated, close to 1,300 cases and 28 deaths are being related to using um, 
e-cigarettes and vapes. Go ahead. I'll go ahead. I was just to say, it kind of reminds me of those commercials that you see for medications would have like side effects included and there's <laughs> yeah. like a laundry list of side effects so like like is anyone there watching those commercials thinking i'm gonna ask oh, my gonna, doctor about that i mean they're gonna ask or eh, i'm just gonna roll the dice on this one and hope that i don't uh, maybe my eyes won't bleed <laughs> but you know it, it could and now some people are arguing that a lot of these related deaths the uh, e-cigarettes contain thc it could be i don't know but we're not exactly sure what causes it but the, they did use e-cigarettes and so that's the commonality of what is all in it the different mm-hmm. chemicals obviously they're still trying to do more research and find that out um but it's very sad that such high numbers are already existing and a lot of these people are younger we're not talking people in their 60s or 70s so we're talking about younger people who haven't necessarily been doing it terribly long it's not like an entire lifespan um so it's just right. a sad reality. But even though it, it hasn't really been going on for very long, uh, stopping it, though stopping the illegal use of vapes like, has been pretty difficult so far. Um, CBS News reported from October 3rd that while law enforcement has been seizing illicit vaping products, the black market is a lucrative business. In recent months, police in Milwaukee arrested one alleged dealer who claimed he was making up to $2 million a month selling THC cartridges on the street. That's ridiculous. That's a lot of money. Two million a month. That's wow. That's that's wow. I don't know. Yeah, that's wow. But it's interesting because there are no tested or approved methods for quitting e-cigarettes, specifically, um, according to the Center on Addiction. However, Children's Hospital did choose to give that that young girl uh, a nicotine patch in order to help her because the addiction was real. I think it's a sad reality. It just came to my thought process that it seems as though we're going to have to have a lot more people suffering down the road before we can find more effective ways to treat it in order to know this in my, because we don't know much about it right now and we're not going to know more about it, unfortunately, until more people get symptoms from well, it, right? Is that kind of how it works, that, sadly? I think it, see, I, I really, I do struggle because I do think that there's a lot of similarities to smoking, right? Smoking cigarettes. And then the, like, so when smoking came out and it was glamorized and people wanted to do it, same type of thing. We, they didn't know that things were wrong, so they were going to do it. And as they learned of the effects, people started to quit. There were different campaigns, as we've mentioned, in order to stop the target. That was a very different time. This is 2019. The information is everywhere, right? Students, parents, anyone who turns on the news is aware that these products are causing problems. People are dying. People are suffering from lung, bleeding lungs, right? Like this quickly, like 18 months of cigarette use versus 18 months of vape use, I, I don't know how you could, right? We right. would compare that. And one of the challenges seems to be that, you know, although it's starting to be more widely known that, that these products are causing issues, <clears throat> what, uh, the issues that they're causing is still sort of a mystery to, to some health officials. Um, so there's an article out uh, called Schools Are Struggling to Stop Teens from a Dangerous and Deadly Habit Vaping. Um, in that article, it says, as health officials across the country scramble to understand what exactly is causing the lung injuries related to e-cigarette and vaping use, they're waging a multi-pronged uh, battle when it comes to getting young users to quit. They're facing indifference and feelings of invincibility, as most parents of teens can relate, but also physiological addiction in some cases. 
um, school health and government officials also say that they're struggling to turn young people away from vaping and e-cigarettes at the same time that marketing campaigns present the products as safer than regular cigarettes. And the same article goes on to address how a few districts are trying to handle vaping, so specific steps that they've taken. It says, officials at a K-12 school where e-cigarette and vaping use has soared are struggling with how to balance discipline for using tobacco products on school grounds with treatment and counseling. Districts have started installing vaping sensors in bathrooms to catch students using the products at school. Other districts have hired additional staff to better patrol bathrooms and hallways. Some districts are designing new forms of discipline to deal with the rise in offenders, many of whom are first-time users drawn to the products because, well, everyone is doing it. In Fort Myers, Florida, the Lee County School District saw tobacco and drug offenses on school grounds soar in the 2017-18 and 2018-19 school years. Tobacco use or possession offenses and the 95,000 student district increased almost five-fold. Drug use offenses more than doubled. Much of that was due to kids being caught vaping at school, said district spokesman Rob Spiker. In August, the district opened a new center where students suspended for such offenses are sent for 20 days. At the center, the students essentially complete their studies online under the supervision of staff for the four weeks, but they also receive mentoring and drug treatment counseling. Outside Rochester, New York, the West Irondequat... I'm not sure. How would you pronounce that? Irondequoi? I like that better. Irondequoi. Yeah. Well, you're from Buffalo. Right. You should know this. Right. right. I should I mean, that's probably in your back I don't know, geography. Uh, Central School District adopted an education and treatment model, hoping to understand why teenagers are vaping rather than simply punishing them for it. You know, that's interesting, this uh, Fort Myers uh, sending the students away. Like, I wonder if they, like you're saying, sent away for 20 days to... So they live there? It's like a outpatient, inpatient? That's a, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know if it's just during the school hours. You know, 95,000 students. Holy. I think I, I was also, on a side note, sort of blown away by sensors. So, uh, you know, we always talk about, like, well, how do you catch somebody, you know, if you don't see somebody doing it and, like, the vape disappears very quickly mm-hmm. and, you know, depending on how often uh, restrooms are being monitored or whatever, and obviously you can't put cameras in there or whatever. How do you catch people? Like so, there are sensors apparently yeah. that that can that, that are triggered by vape yeah. smoke or whatever. Wow. Yeah, that's unreal. But it seems as though I appreciate the fact that schools are trying stuff, and maybe it's effective. I don't know. This is still all new. The treatments that they're trying, the options that they're trying. So at least they're trying different approaches, um, trying to you know handle this issue better. So we'll see how it goes. Hmm. That's very interesting. And obviously, with the addiction standpoint. Um, it's there's nicotine right in the jewel pod or in the vaping pod uh and nicotine doesn't cause the cancer right and it doesn't kill the users nicotine's effects on the brain on the brain are actually largely transitory it's not intoxicating like alcohol and the drug has both stimulant and sedative properties which is why people use it to both boost alertness and to relax Research research shows that nicotine increases focus, attention, and memory, decreases appetite, and symptoms of anxiety and depression, all things that are facing our high school students. Nicotine is also self-titrating. People stop using it when they feel the desired effects. So if a person uses too much, they experience jitterness and an increased heart rate, much like consuming too much caffeine nicotine use can lead to the dependence 
But the health risks, risks that I think we're talking about and are being presented are not necessarily, yes, they're in the, you know, the fact that it's an addictive substance, but I think it deals more with the chemicals and the particles that are included, very similar to the tobacco and carcinogen products that are in a cigarette. Because uh, as they're inhaled along with the nicotine, that's where the root of these lung issues are coming. So then my question would be like, if you take the nicotine out of the equation, would people still be using these products then? Or is it right. the nicotine that keeps bringing people back to it as well that's combined with these different chemicals and particles that are more harmful for them? Well, and if you, if you think about it, like when they first came out, the flavors of these vapes were fruity and attractive to... Any bacon cheeseburger flavor? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. I but I know that there were fruit flavors. Yeah. So, which, as, by the, sorry, as a side note, they banned those down in some states. They too. have, yeah. and but I think primarily, like, I don't know. I I, I go back and, back and forth on the topic because I think that the students or the kids, when they first started them smoking a blueberry flavored something, right? They weren't thinking I'm getting addicted to nicotine. Did they even know nicotine was in it at that time? I don't know. Right. But now they're addicted, their flavors are gone. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to. And I don't know the studies. Do you think there's a big transition for people using e-cigarettes? Do they eventually then go to smoking? I did see some people say that they do both and there's like people who smoke cigarettes and people who vape. And so like, I don't know the, the full effects or the full ramifications of it, um, but that could be part of it. I don't know. Okay, so I did a little bit of research on, you know, you mentioned there's schools that are doing uh, some counseling and they're putting a plan in place. And at this time, we don't have a plan in place, I don't believe, right, with our school. But it's interesting, with the... Um, I found a, a website about that is, is called a filter, right? And it has some educational things uh, for parents, for students, for schools. So they had some interesting things about what to do and what not to do in the event that you find that a student or you find your child, for instance, is vaping. And one of the number one thing was that they were to talk honestly about the effects of nicotine and this, the combination with the chemicals. Acknowledge that the nicotine has the positive effects as well as the negative. Because if you lie, like obviously we're teachers, you know if you lie to students, you lose your credibility. So if you can talk to them about the truth and why it's, concerning, then maybe they won't believe that it's much safer than smoking. Yeah. I think that's part of the, the, I don't know if it's the message, but sometimes you hear, oh, it's safer than smoking. And then in your mind, you think, okay, well, then it's not bad for me. And I think that's the fun. You, it is still can be harmful too, because I saw something from like the American Heart Association, and they just give a whole long list of even using e-cigarettes, talking about how it can affect the development of the brain in teens, kids. Um, women that are pregnant, uh, those sort of things. So I, I just think it's a very important caution that while people say oh, it might be not as harmful as like smoking cigarettes, it doesn't mean it's healthy though too. And so I think right. that's the worst for some people. And obviously in the, who knows, like with the new data that's coming out with all these cases and the people that are dying, 
that much faster rates in the long term, maybe it could end up being worse than smoking cigarettes. I have no idea. But right. This is all still fairly brand new. Because even, what, four or five years ago, nobody would have thought that somebody would die as a result probably of vaping. Right. right? So right. it's very very new and very fast. Sure. So. And until that research does come out, I guess you, you have to make that decision. Like, do you want to be the guinea pig? Right. Well, yeah. that's, exactly the, that's exactly it. Some of the other do's um, to help combat is to talk to your teen, like what they like about the vaping aspect and listen emphatically without judgment. Um, if they tell you it alleviates depression or anxiety, that, um, that could be a signal like to address some other mental health issues like we discussed, uh, last time, uh, talk about tapering down with your teen or with your student or whomever, um, and talk about, what it would take for them to quit and why they would need it. But the problem I'm thinking of is they said there's no effective or no what approved method for right. quitting. So if you are addicted, there's the difficult part. Like if you're already addicted to it, like, well, then how do you taper down? Like how do you back well, off? Well, I think taking it with them, right? Like are you are they bringing it to school? Like we don't know. We don't have sensors in the bathroom, right? Do you restrict your hall pass? Like. Right. Or if you have people that you're like, you know what, you can't make a judgment and say you're probably going to the bathroom and vaping. But you don't I don't. They're so small. They can be hidden truthfully in a, many places. Right. So when they make them, it'll look like flash drives and companies have said, well, we're not targeting teenagers. Really interesting. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the last two do's were that doing the research with the students or with your teen, which that is something I do try and do in my classroom. I try and share information because I feel like that is part of my duty and job as an educator. Uh, because sometimes if a student doesn't understand, they may not want to roll the dice, right? They may say, you know what, enough's enough. And then uh, boredom is the last part, like addressing that boredom is the BFF of drug use and helping um, a teen find passion elsewhere. Now, do you think people still use BFF in a non-ironic way? Because I use it. But I don't know if it's in the younger generation lexicon anymore, do you think? BFF? You use it in a non-ironic way? Bestie? I do. Oh. Well, maybe I do. Maybe is not. Is it bestie? Was BFF mm. replaced with bestie? I don't know, but we, we, we need to find out and then we need to start using it excessively to where it becomes uncool to the kids. That's that's one of my, my favorite my favorite moves. But with <laughs> that's your go to. <laughs> Uncle Griff might have the mouse on the belly trick, you know, with the, the, the clicker, but you got the you know, overusing something. I, I may have single handedly killed Bay here at the high school. <laughs> I, I, I You're I, gonna take that claim to fame. <laughs> but with all those dudes, the the commonality is just being open and honest about it, talking about it, uh, educating, getting all those all that information out there. So, I, I appreciate that. Okay, so I guess there are uh, there are some don'ts as well. So, like just the the counterpoint to Kristen's do's. So this is don'ts for this is what you should not do this when is what... coming across teens or trying to talk to them or help them maybe quit or you know. And this is again not our opinion, right? It's in this sure. is research based. Right. Um, the number one was don't yell. Um, your your teen will stop listening if you do. And I don't know that that necessarily is limited to just. That's a good life lesson in general. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, like yelling is something that obviously, um, you know, is probably a place in time and counterproductive. Um, number two, um, don't shame your teenager for vaping. Uh, instead, you could choose to shame them for listening to Kenny Chesney, for example. Uh, <laughs> I thought, thought you were going to say listening to our podcast. I thought he was going like, to say Woody and the Blowfish. No, no, no. That was a point of pride. Okay. No, that was a point of pride. How Fitz feels about country music does not reflect the views of all. Well, Anyway. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, number three, um, don't drug test your teen. It's humiliating and counterproductive. Um, number four, don't send your teen to a tough love boot camp. Um, many of these programs are not taken seriously. Um, that is, I mean, that, that's a point that um, you, you hear both sides of that as well. Um, you, um, there are times when, um, you know, a, a, a teen will come back from a an experience like that, and it, it maybe will do the trick. Um, other times, it's it could be taken as a point of humiliation or just you know an eye roll. Well, and you know, I took this tough love as not necessarily an educational experience. Like I wasn't sure what I don't know. My impression when he said tough love was like uh, it's like the scared straight. Yeah, the yeah. TV show Scared Straight. Yeah. Like this. So I guess my while you're kind of going through this. What if you do the all the proper things, but it doesn't seem to be working? Like, how do you? I don't know. I don't have to deal with this. It's just thoughts in my head. Like, you're right. trying to educate, you're trying to talk, you're trying to discuss, but it doesn't seem to be making any difference. And you see it maybe getting worse for like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not in there. I don't have to deal with it on a personal level, like right. with my own kids, or whatever. But with school and uh, students, I'm not sure. But anyway, there are some more don'ts, I suppose. Yeah, and this one actually kind of applies. I mean, I think some a lot of these do, but um, I think this one also applies in uh, other facets of life as well. But um, don't imagine that your teen isn't capable of rational thinking about their nicotine use. Uh, young people tend to be smart and resilient, and if they're sufficiently motivated, they can be educated and want to stop or reduce vaping on their own. And I, I think this is a mistake that adults make quite often, especially with teenagers. Um, in the picture is, you know, talking down as if, you know, there's got to be some sort of power structure there. Um, but, you know, give them a chance and teenagers will surprise you at, at to, like, to what, you know, the, their depth of thought and what they're able to um, handle on a, a maturity uh, basis. Right. Um, Agreed. And the last one that they had here was um, don't be afraid to set boundaries on vaping. Um, when you discuss these things with your teen, like that, you know, that, that all, I mean, I, I, you guys can speak more to the, the parenting aspect than, than obviously I could, but, um, well, I hope my two year old's not vaping yet. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Right. Yeah. I hope but no, I mean, my daughter will be in a middle school next year. Right. And obviously looking at these, some statistics from earlier, you know, it's, it, she'll be faced with it. So, as a parent sitting here, I'm thinking this is something that I need to talk about uh, ahead of time and be proactive. And truthfully, with these dues as teachers and as a parent, I think it's something that uh, truthfully, it, it's, it's communication. Be open and honest. Present the facts. Obviously, students can make their own decisions. And is it something here that we need to be doing more of right as a school or is it something that should be taken on by each individual person and it makes me think like when we talk about addressing any issue whether it's discipline in this area or that area the important thing is to make sure that students understand the why it's not necessarily oh why are we why are we like tackling vaping 
because well, we care about you. You know, like we care about your health. And so I think is if we get these proper messages across, that would be a lot more than just saying, oh, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing and like, you know, coming heavy handed. It's like, well, there's a reason behind it. And then the numbers are coming in. Like it's for your own physical health and safety. This is not a good choice for you right now. Well, I, mean, I think, you know, if you could go back in time and talk to the people who were smoking Lucky Strike cigarettes and say, and, you know, then suffered, you know, a, a terrible cancer or whatever it may have been. Do you wish someone would have told you that these were bad? Mm -hmm. I, I, because you could, if you could go back and never start, would you? And, you know, cancer, we know, appears in various places. There are people who get lung cancer that have never smoked a cigarette a day in their life. I don't know if the same is going to be said about vaping. I don't know if you're going to tell me that my lungs are going to start bleeding and I've never vaped. And that's a good point, too, because some people are saying that they've done some studies. I don't know the effects of it, but people can get secondhand smoke from vaping can have negative effects on people, too. You'll, you maybe just think of secondhand smoke from cigarettes, but now they're doing newer studies trying to see like what kind of effects come from that as well from secondhand smoke of vaping. So, And sure. as you said in the beginning, the puff of smoke disappears. So even when there are signs that say, I know this summer we were at Kennywood, and there's signs that, you know, e-cigarette use is prohibited around the park and you're supposed to go to one of their designated areas. There were people in line, you know, still vaping and they don't think anything of it because it doesn't smell. They don't think it's offensive to others. But again, is there a secondhand underlying issue? And, and most of this is still like like we'd gone over before, just kind of it's going to take some time to figure out what this is. And I think, uh, you know, what these effects are. And once those are a little bit more uh, readily available and, and, you know, more people understand what, what, what's at stake, uh, it could potentially change the, the structure. Like the, you know, right. like I don't think cancer was part of Don Draper's lucky strike cigarette pitch. I agree. But, um, <laughs> but the thing is, what's behind knowing more is the fact that more people are probably going to have, have to suffer. Right, to know more of the effects, to know more right. of the t potential secondhand smoke effect. Like, unfortunately, the way we'll know seems to be is more people are going to get something. Or well, gonna... and tr truthfully, based on the time, like information travels across the internet so quickly. Right, we're finding out about these, you know, twenty four hundred deaths or people affected instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Right, this is being reported instantaneously, whereas with cigarette smoking who knows cancer sure. could have affected the same amount of people but the information didn't travel mm -hmm. as quickly i think that my advice would be i well i know i don't want to be the guinea pig so i'm not going to do it um but i think that we need to pay attention to the facts that are being presented well, we'll let you uh we'll let you chew on that for a minute uh while you while you do we're not talking about chewing we're talking about vaping you see what i did there I need to rethink this whole this whole thing. Um, when we come back, we're going to sit down with our assistant principal, Steve Mott. Stick with us. The views and opinions expressed on Pod for Teacher are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Freedom Area High School or the Freedom Area School District. Any account of this podcast without the written consent of Aaron's cat. Yes, he doesn't have one. He hates cats. And it's not ashamed of it. Not even a little bit. It's strictly prohibited. We're joined now by our assistant principal, Mr. Steve Mott. Mr. Mott, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to finally be asked to be on the show. <laughs> oh, it wasn't intentional. We, just, we wanted a, an episode that was in your wheelhouse, you know. 
And we always start by asking hard-hitting questions right off the bat. So the first one for you, sir, what is better? Ketchup or mustard? There is a correct answer. That, that is a difficult question. Um, I, I like them both. Can I... Can I can I? What are we campaigning for? <laughs> a public office here? I like everything. Just vote for me. I, I, I do like everything. I like both of them. But for the sake of this argument, I'll go ketchup. Yeah, mustard's better. Okay. Right. You don't like both of them? I do, but I said which is the question was very pointed. Better. Would you which put ketchup better? on a pretzel? What? No. No. I, I, I would which go is, mustard. So which there. is better depending on what you eat? Valid. Mm. Right. There's a lot more things I would put mustard on than I would put ketchup on. I could go without ketchup on a lot of things. Chicken nuggets. I I, I got both. Ketchup and mustard for chicken nuggets. Mustard. Mustard. Yeah. Ask the ladies down the cafeteria. If I had to pick one, I would. There's so many different types of mustard. I agree. I enjoy horseradish mustard. Oh. Mm, That's from Buffalo. So good. Oh, here we go. The Homer quotes. We knew you were hardcore, but man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we really had no so idea. Good. Yeah, this is this is our great okay. Interviews. So I digress, <laughs> Mr. Mott. I'm going to start this off for okay. our listeners. Could you describe the punishment in quotes um, that is set forth in the student handbook for e-cigarette use in the school? So, so our, our, our consequence that we have for students, uh, we have a consequence for possession. Of a vape, okay, uh, and and for a first time offender, they get a one day out of school suspension. Okay, uh, for a student, a second time offender, they get three days out of school. Now for usage, a first time offender, they'll get three days out of school. Second time offender, five days out of school. Could and you just <clears throat> clarify usage? Do they actually using the vape in, in, the, in, in the in the building? That, okay. is, that, that is correct. Now, an, another thing that our that our handbook or our policy has is um, we also file down at the magistrate. Uh, and for first time offenders, we offer a class or there's a class offered to students um, throughout the state. It's called um, Smokeless Saturday. And, and what that is, is they talk about the harmful effects of, of using a vape or smoking or uh, smokeless c- cigarettes or chewing tobacco. Um, so with, with that, um, they go down and if they attend the class, uh, we're notified of that and they, uh, we will drop the charge down at the magistrate. So do you find that the smokeless Saturday class is effective? Um, normally for the students that I see, I, the majority are one-time offenders. Um, so I, I think the class is beneficial. Every once in a while, we will have students that are repeat offenders, meaning they will have more than one violation. So I, I will say it, it is a beneficial course because it talks about all, all the harmless effects of vaping or smoking. Okay. So this is a fairly nuanced discussion and, and issue that everyone deals with. You know, it's only been kind of around for a few years to the point where, you know, now, now there, there's policy developed around this. We're having this discussion. Um, based on all the disciplinary infractions that you deal with on, on the regular, like what percentage of them now are dealing with juuling, vaping, um, like that, that the issue itself? Like has the number increased or decreased? Uh, as the numbers have, have went up as opposed to like numbers of students smoking or the numbers of students that are caught with chewing tobacco, those numbers have decreased significantly. So as far as violations, like smoking violations, normally we see them, they're mainly vape. 
they're mainly dealing with vapes. Um, and, and this is an issue that a lot of other schools have been dealing with. Um, you know, uh, Bill and I went to a conference over the summer and one of the topics that were discussed in one of our breakout sessions was vaping. And, you know, we had just talked about, you know, consequences uh, in, in dealing with that and, you know, where are we seeing that? Um, and it is an issue that a lot of other schools are dealing with, not just us here in Freedom or in Beaver County. Yeah, so like over the years, you know, obviously, you know, cigarettes were, you know, were the big thing for a long time and, you know, chewing tobacco, like you said. Has the vaping uh, trend basically just replaced it, do you think, based on the numbers? Is it still basically the same number of people that are using these types of products that just changed from, you know, one to the other? Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I do believe that vaping has replaced smoking cigarettes. I, I feel that's partially because, you know, peer pressure. Um, I, I think they're easily accessible. And, that, you know, that, that to me is an issue. You can go to a go to a, uh, a gas station and get them. They're relatively inexpensive and, you know, kids, kids are getting them and they see their, you know, their classmates doing it. Um, unfortunately, we don't know the effects of that. Uh, and with that, with the chemicals in there and, you know, kids are starting to get, become sick, significantly sick throughout the country. Uh, so to me, that's, that's a, that's a big time issue that we don't know what the effects are of, of these vapes. So the Surgeon General has declared that we are in an epidemic and it, due to vapes and e-cigarettes. And um, I don't know, obviously, Juul is the most common. Um, I'm not certain if you know much about like where they came from, but they are actually created. The company was created by two former smokers mm -hmm. and uh, they wanted to get rid of the stigma of the, you know, you're a cigarette smoker, you smell like cigarette smoke, etc. And they're really at the time before Juul started, there was no attractive alternative quote. And I use attractive loosely. Uh, you mentioned that the types of people that are getting this discipline are similar to those who were smoking. Whereas I, I feel that um, Juul and vaping has been attractive to others that may never have thought they would they would smoke and so I don't and I think that's why it's being declared as an epidemic because it's moving so quickly but do you believe that you mentioned when we talked about smokeless Saturday that it was uh, one-time use so do you believe that our students here that there is an epidemic that we are they are mass addicted or no, I, I, I don't want to say that our, our kid, there's a mass epidemic in, in our building. I don't I don't see that from from being an assistant principal. I don't see that with our kids. Um, I, I hear of that throughout the country with a number of students. Um, for me this year, I've only had a handful. I've only had three or four issues dealing with vapes. So because of that, I. I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that there's an epidemic that I'm aware of within our building. Now, um, I, like I said, I think it's a bigger problem that's, that's affecting the country with the number of kids being involved with using those vapes. Um, you know, just right down the road, there was a young lady, a Riverside student, who, who was having significant problems because of that. Um, so Yeah, but, we had mentioned that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, <clears throat> excuse me, from the people that you come in contact with, the people that you... Uh, see dealing with this do they give you like their do they seem to 
feel bad about it? Do they feel it? Or is it just kind of like, eh, I'm just curious, like, I guess the students' attitudes about the whole thing? Because it is, like Aaron said, fairly new. And maybe that we don't have a lot of knowledge on long-term things about it. I'm just curious their perspective um, on what they do. Do they give excuses? Do they feel remorse? It's just kind of... It, it, it depends on the student. I see, I see both sides of it. Some kids feel remorse. I mean... Because a they're getting in trouble. Some kids feel remorse because they're they're using it. Uh, some people have said they're addicted to it. Uh, some do you, you know, think they're addicted? Um, I, I I do think there there may be an addictive piece of that. Um, but you know addictions. You, you know some people are addicted to food. You know. Uh, mm -hmm. So I I do think that that might be might be a, a some students might be addicted to. Too why did you, why did you look at me when you said addicted to food? I'm, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to look all over, Nate. <laughs> I do but, have one more question. So last year, I know in our restrooms um, on the first floor near my classroom, as I, I'm not certain about the second floor, the sign started to be hung up with some vaping statistics mm -hmm. and utilizing, uh, uh, referencing a website, I should say, that is called whatsinavape.com. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you find, like, do you think that those are being effective or do you direct students toward a helper site, a site that can help them or learn more about that? Or is it, that's not. I, I, I think the idea of having those signs are, are great. I think that happened at the end of the year last year. I, I believe the students against destructive decisions. Uh, that was the organization that were they were putting those out and putting those in the restrooms, and and the, the the hope is that students, you know, whenever they're entering the restroom, they see those and it kind of steers them away from usage. Um, you know, ultimately, if a student is in need of help, you know, we will gladly point them in the right direction. But I don't have a specific website that I that I point kids to or anything like that. And from what you've seen with the discipline issues that you've had to deal with concerning this. I guess maybe it's a twofold. Do you find in currently what we do being effective to, for helping students uh, maybe tackling this issue? Or, and then the flip side, do you have any, like in your mind, are there any possible recommendations that you would like to see going forward that might better address the issue overall? I, I, I think making making parents aware of what's going on is, is a big piece. I know, Kristen, your, your tech town hall last year, you had an organization come in and they, uh, they informed parents of things to look for. I think stuff like that, making the parents aware of what's going on, because, you know, the whole issue of vaping is so new. Um, you know, to some parents, it's foreign. And I, I mean, you know, even, even to me as, you know, new vapes come out, um, it, it's new to me, too. Uh, just because this is also uh, also new to everybody, uh, so I'm learning as I, as we go, and I think I think it is key to uh, let parents know what's going on with that and let them know what to look for. Well, and it's interesting too, and I I know you're aware of the statistics, but you said you've only had a handful of disciplinary actions, but the statistics say that pretty much at least half of the school, right, at least fifty percent. Mm -hmm. is vaping regularly where right so they're not bringing it to school that's great except do we feel that we need to take a different role in educating versus solely punishing yeah i mean we we want to prevent or prevent our students from doing that and i feel like that assigning a consequence to that uh, does help 
you know, because they know, hey, if I bring this to school and I this happens that, you know, this is what, you know, there will be a consequence for my behavior. So I do think that that's a piece, but I do think educating our students on it is also important. And I think a big piece is letting parents know the harmful effects of these. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're so new and we really don't know the, the full effects of them and we won't know for a couple of years. And what's what's scary is uh, we are slowly after, I don't know, two, three years of, of students vaping, uh, they are starting to see the, uh, the short term effects. That's what I was kind of thinking, too. I mean, you figure like back, you know, decades ago when smoking was a little less of a, you know, social abnormality i guess um you know I mean, you could smoke on an airplane and stuff you like could that smoke, right but like not just in public but right. you know you would movie stars smoked openly and they mm -hmm. were cool right and that and they could have um you know uh news anchors smoked on the air and uh i mean edward r murrow smoked on the air it's just hard to believe now right and then you you know the, just the marketing for it had to change like they had to go after the tobacco industry and say like you can't advertise this way and use these cartoons like joke joe the camel or whatever mm -hmm. from camel you know and then as that started to shift and then even as you know closer to our generation they started using the truth campaign you know and it, and i think just the more of that that came out the more of those statistics and realities that came came to light uh the more the less attractive that may be seemed and and like you like you're saying steve like we're, we're looking at some of these stories where you know vapes are exploding in people's faces and you know the, the local people going to the hospital and things like that as those continue to kind of compound maybe then you know the fear will uh and the attractive nature of of the trend will kind of die off as well yeah yeah no, no i i agree because this is this is being marketed as a healthy alternative but but what what i'm hearing and what i'm seeing that's 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 far from the truth mm -hmm. well hey uh thank you so much for taking the time to join us today we really appreciate it yes thank you very much thanks steve thanks for having me guys i really appreciate it and you you made it now you can you know that's yeah. it, you right? Yeah, I, I, I did it. Share it's, the it's podcast it. with everyone. <laughs> Finally, it's like you share part of the, of the office with us. That's the least we could do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seriously, thanks again. And uh, when we come back, our exit ticket and final thoughts. Stick around. Thanks, guys. Pod for Teacher is sponsored by silent letters, such as P in pneumonia or K in knee, because even though we can't hear you. We know you're there. All right, welcome back. So, Kristen, what have you learned from our research and your conversation, our conversation with uh, Steve Mott today? You know, I've learned some things that I, I think the numbers are astounding just because they do seem to be running rampant. And I think what is bothersome is that with all of the inf information that's available that uh we're, that people are ignoring it right students are still vaping right i found a jewel pod in the bathroom yesterday so they're still doing it they're still bringing it to school and there's all of this information that states hey don't do this right but we're not taking it seriously it's almost that thought process of it can't happen to me and yet it happened to someone in this county, right? Someone that's not too far away from here. And I've learned that I have a job to do. I have a job to do as a parent. 
as a teacher and as a mentor and sharing that information and talking with folks about vaping, even people my age, I, right? Because it, I mean, initially it was started because those two people wanted to quit smoking, yet they, for whatever reason, still wanted, didn't choose the patch to do so. Um, and I just wonder what the future is going to look like. And I feel like I want to stay on top of this topic and continue to take five minutes every day and have conversations and sharing more info might be a difference. What, what I learned is I agree with you about education and just thinking uh, in the past, the culture changed when it comes to smoking cigarettes, when it comes to maybe even chewing tobacco. Like, it is possible for the culture to change, but unfortunately it does take time. So I think even though it is a, a pretty, I don't know if you want to say popular or widespread thing going on right now, there is hope that it is able to, it can be changed through dedication, through perseverance, more education, more knowledge. Um, like I said, unfortunately, more people might be suffering you know, until that happens, but there is hope because things did change. You know, smoking, you can't do all that stuff we're talking about concerning cigarettes anymore. You know, right. Stuff's changed with that. Um, the popularity of chewing tobacco used to be more prevalent in different areas and different uh, communities and you can kind of see how that's changed you know in regards to um, that area of society as well so I guess I'm thinking that I learned there is hope even though it seems pretty daunting and some of the numbers that are out it seems very uh, staggering mm -hmm. it's very sad um, but that's kind of the thing I was thinking of too is like there is there, there, there still is hope so I, I found our do's and don'ts list a little interesting as well I mean especially because um, you know as we got to be as our generation got to be a little bit older and, you know, smoking cigarettes became way less acceptable by, by society at large, um, that the advice was, you know, don't shame people who do this sort of thing, because it seems like people are shamed now for smoking cigarettes, you know, or to some degree. Um, and, and it seemed like maybe that was part of its effectiveness. Um, but yeah, the, I don't know if it's just because the audience here, we're talking about are teenagers and like most things that, you know, people are told, especially teenagers are told not to do, or that, you know, they're told by adults that, that something is not great, that it makes them a little bit more likely to want to do that right. thing. <laughs> I did bring this up, interestingly, in, in my class, um, when this story did break uh, of the girl in Beaver County. And I, my challenge to them was to like, think of something that they wanted to do in their life, like an accomplishment of some sort, whether it be graduation or if they had, you know, bigger dreams and they could picture themselves and visualize themselves somewhere else. And I said, okay, do you see it? Can you see yourself? Okay. Now picture yourself with a wearing oxygen, right? Picture yourself having an oxygen tank next to you as you have your cap and gown on or from a parent perspective of teaching my child how to ride a bike and I'm running behind her but I wouldn't be able to do that if I damaged my lungs that badly and the respiratory therapy that that young girl is going to have to have uh, is going to inhibit any type of physical activity for quite some time. And I think something else that I learned too is you're right with the that's a good um, way to look at it but I don't want people to think, oh, they're gonna, they're not gonna advertise as much anymore. Didn't, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the CEO Jewel stepped down a few weeks ago. Is that correct? Do you, I did you come so. across that? So, and they, I think they, 
said they're no longer going to advertise in the United States or something along those lines. But cigarettes don't advertise either, but people still know about them. And I right. think the if we're not careful, families and schools aren't careful, then they think, oh, it's not advertised, so it's not an issue. Anyway, no, it's still a, a very big issue that we still need to address just because it's not like publicly in your face maybe as much anymore right. doesn't mean the issue goes away. Well, and it's interesting because they're not actually sold in the European Union because it's their nicotine levels exceed their standards, like that they exceed it, whereas we have higher percentages allowed apparently. So if they're going to stop advertising here, Juul's not the only one, right? There's others sure. that I've seen billboards or whatever it might be that uh, are going to still be there. But it's like other things. like You don't see Rolls Royce commercials, but people know they exist, right? You don't right. see these Marlboro commercials. You don't ever see a Rolls Royce commercial. They don't need to advertise. They, do people even, know. <laughs> do students even see commercials? They don't watch television, right? It's all YouTube. Yeah. But I also learned that we're going to look pretty sweet in these t-shirts that came I know. came They're out. great. Oh, they goodness. are great. <laughs> hmm? Oh, my goodness. I'm very excited. All right. Very excited. And so we shifted. Okay. Now, for more information on vaping, uh, there are online resources, and it's actually a government website. So in order to get the directly to the teen site, it would be teen.smokefree.gov slash quit hyphen vaping. Uh, there's also one on there with uh, women and, you know, for any, and it would be women.smokefree.gov or just smokefree.gov. But if you want the teen specifically, uh, it has some resources, tips, and tools on how to become a smoke-free teen. And if you have a friend or someone that you would like to help, they also have resources for helpers as well. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We'd like to thank Steve Mott for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at pod for teacher You can follow me at A. Fitzpatrick CJE. And you can follow Nate at Nland Jelly. I'm not there yet. So, sorry. I don't, I don't mean to make you feel bad, but we're not supposed to publicly shame people, at least teenagers from Raven, but can we publicly shame you into hopping on the Twitterverse here for... Uh, I think it's entirely appropriate okay. at this stage. So yeah. public shaming may be appropriate in certain situations and, and so, not others. Okay, okay so, so this be the that. Twitterverse... Right, going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll, I'll make that an action item for next month. I like it. You know what? I believe her because she came. Look at what she brought with the shirts. So she, she I'm not going to doubt her at this point. I don't doubt yeah. her. Never. <laughs> never. Merch. <laughs> anyway, please subscribe and rate. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you found our pod. Share we, our pod. Please oh. do. Reviews help more people find us and connect, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. See you, everybody.